Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic medium and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hi, and welcome to episode seven. On episode seven, we are discussing entity attachments, and I'm super excited about this podcast. Jude is a wealth of knowledge and understanding on this topic and is really going to have a lot to explain to us today, and I'm really looking forward to it. So I am going to start off today by um, explaining a little bit about what an entity attachment is. So as we know, we are all energetic beings as are angels and spirit guides and the ghosts of our loved ones that come to visit us. And attached entities are also vibrational beings, but they tend to be low vibrational beings. And instead of visiting us, they oftentimes penetrate our auric field and attach to us. So our aura is our lovely electromagnetic field that radiates out around us. It's the border of our energy where we begin and where we end. It's our first line of defense. It's our protection. That's why we often don't feel comfortable if someone invades our space. If someone sneaks up on us, if somebody's a little bit too close, we feel uncomfortable. And when an entity attaches to us, they invade our personal space and they are unwelcomed, yet there they are. As we can feel uncomfortable when someone is too close, when someone has snuck up on us or when somebody has invaded our personal space... We really feel this strongly when we have an entity attached. So an attached entity invades our auric space. It can leave us feeling anxious, physically ill, depressed. We can feel paranoia, fatigue, just feeling off. And they're also, as I mentioned before, are an extremely low vibration. And like is always attracted by like, and we're always seeking balance. So when we have something attached to us that's a low vibration, it brings our vibration down, which makes us feel uncomfortable and unwell. So these are energetic invaders, you might call them. Jude has a lot of experience firsthand with this, so I'm really excited to hear what you have to say, Jude. Thank you, Patty. This is a bit of a rabbit hole talking about energetic entity attachments. There's different types. It depends on what kind of entity we're talking about. Everyone has a different set of belief systems, and I never want to force or persuade anybody to believe anything that they don't want to believe because there are a lot of high vibrational beings who do not even perceive these shadowy elements and these dark entities. Therefore, a lot of high and bright beings don't even believe darkness and such exist or they don't have the capacity to understand it. It's just not part of their reality. So I invite everybody to just take what resonates with them and leave the rest behind. I'm just sharing what my personal experience has been An earthbound spirit could be an energetic attachment, a demon for lack of a better term, but a very, very low vibrational energy could be an energetic attachment. And when they are attached to you, I see them in different ways. Sometimes they hang around you. So they're not actually corded into your energy field, but they're kind of hovering around you on the outskirts of your energy, which still can create a lot of problems. It can really bring your vibration down. So can you tell us what they are. 
There's a few different ones. Earthbound spirits would be one type of attachment that I've seen. And that is when somebody who has not been able to fully cross over that are still earthbound, that miss life. They miss tasting things. They miss experiencing things. They want to still experience what it's like for the people who are still living. Sometimes spirits can attach into somebody's aura and sort of superimposed on top of somebody else when I see it orically. And this is how I know that it's happening. And it's like another soul is trying to live vicariously through your energy field. So they're trying to be in your body. They're trying to experience life through your physical body. At first, it'll look like they're kind of hovering above each other, the physical body and the entity attachment. And if it lingers too long, it starts to gel onto the body. And then they'll find where they can link into eventually an earthbound spirit will lose total sight of itself. It will totally forget that it is its own separate conscious being and just fully live vicariously through somebody else's energy. And I've seen this a handful of times. It totally surrenders to being a bit of a parasite just to be able to live life, to be able to smell things, to be able to taste things, to be able to experience connection with other people. So that's one type of entity attachment that I will see. Another kind is what I call parasitic. So parasitic, I'm not 100% sure, but just based on how I've seen this work is when somebody's dealing with a load of energy, for example, we use depression. Something bad happens, you get depressed, you don't resolve it, you let it linger, you wallow in it further and further and further. That depression accumulates, it piles up, it gets thicker, it gets more congested. And eventually that energy becomes a vortex in itself that begins to form its own consciousness it begins to take on a life of its own. And that's when it starts kind of feeding on the host's energy. And I call these like parasitic energies because they're not quite fully intelligent, yet they are like these like simplistic conscious energies. They feed on the energy from the host and that's a parasitic type attachment. And then the worst kind are... I don't like to use the word demon, but it's the best description that I have for what these other kind of entities are. And these are highly intelligent, highly calculating, very dark, very malicious energies. And when they get attached into somebody's energy field, the difference between them and earthbound spirits is those darker demon-like energies have an ability to bend things and bend people to their will. They have kind of a force and a power behind them. And those ones purposely and maliciously create problems to the host. And the reason they do it is because they need a specific energy from them. For example, going back to depression, let's say somebody's very depressed, they don't resolve it, they don't try to heal, it congests, and it turns into what I call that parasitic glob. Eventually, a lower level energy is going to become attracted to that. They're going to see this blob of depression that this person is holding on as like a food source, if you will. That entity comes along and it happens on a different consciousness level. It's almost like, let me take that from you. It's a little bit of a deal. They trick you into thinking that you need them. Every single time I've ever seen a true demon-like attachment, there is a symbiotic relationship where the host believes they need this entity for some reason. And it's not always conscious. They might be getting some false sense of courage or power or relief from the entity. But what they don't understand is the entity is keeping them in an oppressed state, in a lower vibration, in order to continually be fed the energy they need from the host. So if it's somebody that is going through depression, 
the entity will lead them into scenarios that will keep them depressed, lead them into dramatic situations, lead them into chaotic situations that will keep their energy down. Because as long as the host is feeling really crummy about themselves, that entity is being fed and it is going to stay strong. So for a host, a person who has this entity attached to them, they can't get out of the depression. They try everything. They've tried pills. They've tried exercise. They've tried everything under the sun to try to lift their spirits and they can't seem to. Almost every time I've had a client come in with a very strong entity, they tell me that they almost changed their mind before they even came in, that they had to push themselves to come in and see me. And it's because I think that these entities know that I'm the one that's probably going to help get rid of them and they don't want their host, their food source to come in and see me. So when you recognize these entities, do you see them visually? Do you sense them? Is it a combination of both? It's a combination of both. I see them very visually. It's something I never really like to describe even to the people that it's happening to because I don't want to frighten them and I don't want to give them some image that's going to be stuck with them for the rest of their lives. So I don't usually tell my clients what they look like, but from my standpoint, it's like astoundingly clear and it blows my mind a little bit because I'll sit there and be like, I could not make up something that horrendous looking out of my own imagination. And yet there it is in front of me and I'm looking at it. And they are every word under the sun that's negative, vicious, ugly, disgusting, horrid, twisted. I want to stray away from actually describing any one that I've ever seen, but I mean, horns, no horns, twisted limbs and the whole deal. Like it looks like that. That sounds intense. So we know that you do energy healing and clearing. So when you come up upon these attachments, do you, and, and I, I understand that there's different strengths with each one, but do you find yourself in a confrontation or a battle with them, or is it usually something you can easily shift or move aside for your clients? In terms of the dark ones, the demonic energies, I would say, it's been an evolution because when I first started trying to battle them, it was more of like a head-on fight. And it's really only because I didn't know how to deal with them. And, you know, when you're in survival mode, it's fight or flight. That was all I knew. Now it's pretty relaxed. A, because I'm not really scared of them. B, I know I have a team of magnificent energies behind me that got my back and are going to help me with it. I feel like when I encounter entities, they already know what's going to happen. Now it's a lot smoother. Now that I understand a little bit more about how to combat very dark energies, it's not as intense of a battle as it used to be. Okay. And you just spoke of your spirit guides or your energies that assist you. What about your clients' spirit guides? Do spirit guides, and they work as protection and filters for us oftentimes, do they interact with these demons or these entities at all? Do they help fight them? What's their interaction? Sometimes I've seen guides kind of standing back and it's like they're watching their person that they're with suffer, but they can't interject because there's something to be gained from the experience. So even though this is really hard for a lot of people to grasp or wrap their head around, what I do understand about entity attachments of any kind is on some level, the person, the soul, the host agreed to have that attachment. So we are free-willed beings. And when it comes to entities and demonics and earthbound spirits or whatever might be attached to you, people think, oh, I'm being victimized by this energy. I'm being victimized by this entity. And really, on the broader point of view, your soul 
agreed to have this interaction with this entity because for one, there may have been karma that was being resolved from this from other lifetimes. Two, it was a test of your spirit and strength and faith. Three, there was a massive lesson to be learned from whatever chaos it created in your life. So all the bad things that happened, there was something to be gained or learned from. The way I see it, it's not like this senseless attack that happens on a soul. It's happening for a reason and it puts us in a vibration that is giving us a different kind of lesson. Because if earth life was supposed to be all rainbows and glitter, there would be no point of being here. Okay, so that must be pretty hard for somebody to hear that they themselves are to blame for their discomfort or their misery. If it's the case that it's there for a specific reason, how are you able to move it if maybe it's before it's time or the karma hasn't been fully settled or the client hasn't recognized its purpose? On one hand, it might be hard. On the other hand, it might be very empowering because that means the power is in your hands to get rid of it. Mm, And... At the point in time that you recognize and realize that there is an entity that is creating problems in your life is the moment your karma is complete. It's all divine timing. So the moment a client comes in and I see that entity and I point it out to them, I use this analogy for people. It's like if there was somebody breaking into your house and they're you know eating your food, using your toilet, taking a shower or whatever, stuff that's noticeable but nothing too major. That's kind of like what having an entity is like. It's like, you know something's off. You can't quite put your finger on it. You just get this uneasy feeling. You feel like your space is being violated, but you can't prove it. You have a sense that somebody's in there that shouldn't be there. And when people have entities, oftentimes they feel that. If somebody was breaking into your house and the neighbor came over and said, hey, there's some guy sneaking in your basement window after you leave for work. Once you know it's there, you're going to do everything you can to get rid of it. You're going to put all of your focus. You're going to call the police. You're going to put up alarm systems, or you're going to just stay home and catch the guy in the act and be rid of him. And it's the same thing with entities. If you don't really know that they're there, they're going to be able to get away with a lot of stuff. But once you put your focus, once you know that that is the root cause of the problem and you say, enough, you can't be here anymore. You're not allowed to be in my space, in my aura. You need to go however we want to word it. Then they go. And it's all divine timing. So when that comes up, that was the end of the contract. Amazing. The same thing can be said on a level for earthbound spirits. But earthbound spirits, yes, they can wreak havoc on you because they are lower vibrational energies. And let's say, for example, I've seen things like this where an earthbound spirit in life, they had an addiction problem. They loved alcohol. So when they try to live vicariously through somebody else's body, that host person might suddenly get a hankering for alcohol or foods or things that they've never really wanted before. So yeah, it can create problems, but it's not exactly like how a demon would be. A lot of times I feel there's this sense that when somebody comes in with an earthbound spirit, they have carried that earthbound spirit with them all this time just to get to the point to get to somebody that is going to be able to help them cross over. So Jude, I don't come in contact with this anywhere near as often as you do, nor do I have such an understanding of it. However, when I have seen attachments, things that are attached, they always show up to me on the back of somebody's body. And I kind of put that with the fact that we are front-facing, frontal-moving people. And so if an entity or something comes in that's unwelcome, they tend to be sneaky and come in the back where we are less aware of their entrance and less aware that they're with us. 
However, um, you said something about it transposing on somebody. I'd, I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. If you see them from behind or if that's not always true. With earthbound spirits, usually they're hovering around the person. They're not actually attached in the aura. That's usually how they are. They're just being kind of followed. And then every once in a while, you get one of those earthbound spirits that are so desperate to live life. They try to like stand in their shoes. So if you can imagine somebody standing there and, and then another ghost comes up and is trying to like literally stand in their shoes and stand in their clothes. And it kind of looks weird to me when I see it because I'll see somebody walking and then I'll see a second soul on top of them trying to keep up with them walking, but they're not exactly in alignment, like another energy that's moving a few seconds behind the person that's moving. Once they get a good grip, then they start kind of shrinking down into this like gelatinous blob is the best way I can say it because I've seen it multiple times. So. I don't know it other than what I've seen. <laughs> okay. And some of the experiences I've had in the past is that once I recognize this attachment, tell my client of it, speak of it, oftentimes just that entity being seen by somebody that's a higher vibration tends to kind of loosen them up. Earthbound spirits, I tend to have a conversation with them and kind of ask them what they're about and, and try to get them to talk to me to figure it out. But this is more of something that's non-human, that's just a blob. And like, again, as I've said before, I have very strict policies on what walks in my office and what doesn't walk in my office. And I've never really come in contact with anything that I would call demonic. However, I have seen a little black blobs or little dark attachments, and they seem to loosen up if I recognize them as well. And I'm sure that they're not all that way, but I find that really, really interesting. It's kind of like, oh, I've been seen, so now I kind of shrink back. Well, I have a theory on this because I feel like if you and I were looking at the same client, you would be like, there's a black blob. And I would be like, well, let me tell you exactly every detail about that black blob and what it <laughs> looks like. In the same sense, we could be both reading the same client and I would be sitting there being like, oh, there's an orb next to them. And you would be like, oh, let me tell you every detail about who that is, like their spirit guide and what they're wearing and all of that. So I think that you are encountering some lower level entities. You just don't have the ability to see in that spectrum because that's what you chose. Trust me, you don't want to see it. <laughs> it's not. No, I do not. It's unpleasant. <laughs> so one thing that I have seen um, probably three times on different occasions is I would describe it as a robotic spider. It kind of looks a little bit human, a little bit spiderish. It moves quickly, but kind of robotically. And it's not attached to somebody, but it'll be in their space, kind of annoying them or harassing them, distracting them. Is that a thing? Have you ever seen anything like that? I've not seen a spider, but I've seen ones that look like centipedes and other insecty with like lots of legs, kind of like a spider would. I'm not 100% sure what that is, but I think it definitely is a manifestation of some lower energy. These insect type, I call them like parasitic type energies. I think that's for sure something. All right. So I have a question for you. If somebody were to think that they may have an attached entity or some type of lower vibrational being around them in their space on them, other than going to seek assistance from a psychic or an energy healer, what are some initial steps that they can do themselves to help release this? The first thing is to know that you are the most powerful being in the situation. The only reason any of those entities might have power over you is because you're not fully aware that they're there. You're not 100% convinced that that's what's going on. 
once I'm the one that tells them that this is happening, they're like, I knew it. I just knew it. I had this anomaly and this experience and I just felt it, but I just had a hard time believing because when you're the only one experiencing something and nobody else can see it, it's very hard to believe that it's happening. And sometimes the validation from somebody else is the concrete thing you needed to be able to just will it away. The end I'll say all is that you are the most powerful being. You're the one in control. You are the master of your own vessel. You're the one steering the ship and you can choose who and what gets to be interacting with your energy. One of the most important things about reading entities is to be confident and be empowered within yourself that you're in charge. And I also suggest calling upon your guides, your angels, and asking for assistance because that's how I do it. Yes, asking for assistance with angels and spirit guides is a great tool. And some other tools that I have used with my brief experience with this is, as we've mentioned before, black tourmaline, also Palo Santo, sage, anything that you can use that's going to help you feel stronger and more empowered in the intention that you're setting is always a helpful tool. Yeah, all of those things are definitely very helpful. And Patty, for you, you come with such a high frequency just in your natural being that when you come in contact with people who have entities, I think your vibration and the vibration of your guides and the team that you have with you are already just going to start pushing those entities back and healing this space. Your energy is already at that level. I would like to think that I hold a high vibration, but you know, I'm working in a different dimension. And part of the reason I think that my vibration is a certain frequency is because it's like camouflage. It allows me to get into those dimensions and look at those entities face-to-face, firsthand. Because if I was a big bright light coming in a shadow realm, they'd go running. They wouldn't let me look at them. They wouldn't let me study them and figure them out and then understand how to get rid of them or whatever. I'm like a secret angel ops <laughs> to the dark realms. <laughs> I, I, I love that. Well, and the fact that you have the knowledge and the awareness is huge and such a wonderful thing for you to be able to validate people that are feeling this way and then help bring them relief is amazing. Thank you, Patty. One time I had a client and it was my first time reading her and I work through the chakras. So how I read people is I read through their chakra system and it helps me understand the different areas of their life and what's going on with them. So I'm reading this person. She's a friend of mine and I'm going through the chakras and we're having a jolly old time. We're laughing, we're giggling. We're like, this is the best time ever. You know, We're doing this healing psychic work and it's very light and amazing. Well, I work from the root chakra up to the crown. So I'm at her third eye and I pause and I look at her and I said, you know what? This is so fun. I'm so glad I came here today. I really needed this. And right when I'm about to look at her crown chakra, something attacks me, okay? It literally felt like somebody was stabbing me through the top of my head over and over and over again. And it was so painful. I was seeing like these flashes of light in my eyes. I was totally disoriented. I didn't know what way was left or right or up or down. And I'm grabbing my head and I'm kind of like wincing and a tiny bit screaming. And here I am with my friend who were just having the most magical time. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want to scare her, but I'm literally being attacked. And of course she's looking at me all spooked out. I grabbed this bag of black salt I had in my healing toolkit and I just like dump it on my head. I mean, there's black salt going everywhere, but it did immediately alleviate this like stabbing feeling that was going on. And then I had to take a minute to collect myself and she was like, what was that? And I was like, I have no idea what just happened. 
And I'm so discombobulated, kind of, I'm like, is somebody mad at me? It was like I got sideswiped. I had no idea what was happening. And I felt so bad. And even though it was incredibly painful, I'm telling you, it felt like my head got run over by a truck in a way. It was so painful. And I almost couldn't see straight. But I was like, you know, I'm just going to finish the reading. So I look at her crown chakra. And very clearly, I saw that there was this entity, this kind of gremlinly little energy on the top of her head. And it knew that I was about to see it. And in its last ditch effort to get away with being there, it attacked me to keep me from seeing it. So anyways, I see the entity. We get rid of the entity. And she looks at me and she's like, oh my God, I always knew I had psychic ability. It runs in my family. But the only thing I ever said my whole life was, I'm afraid to be psychic because I'm afraid I'm going to see a gremlin. And I was like, well, honey, you manifested it (laughs) and you had one on you. Now you've seen it. Now you've dealt with it. Now you've conquered it. Now get over it. (laughs) Start being the psychic priestess that you are. You know what I mean? Well, thank you, Jude. I personally found that really interesting and it's good to have an understanding of these things. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. It's never my favorite thing to tell anybody that they have anything hovering around them or an attachment. That can be a scary thought, but What's most important in situations like that is that I'm putting the power back into the people's hands. And at the end of the day, I want everybody to remember that you have all the power to be empowered, to assert your boundary, to put up your protection, to call in your guidance, to say no, and not allow your energetic space to be violated by energies that you may be perceiving in your environment. Great. Here, here to empowerment. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we do have a question and the question is, do we have recommendations or possible causes for when things disappear and reappear in our house over and over? So this is an interesting thing. And if this is something that's happening to you over and over and over, I would suggest that you ask about that, that you take a minute and ask where this is coming from and what's happening and ask it to stop or go see a psychic that might be able to help you. But I see that this can come from a few different places. Oftentimes, our loved ones that have passed will move things, shift things to try to get our attention just to let us know that they're still here, that we still have a relationship with them, that they're still around. And A loved one won't normally do that over and over and over again because that sounds like it's gotten to the point where it's a little bit annoying. Now, there are energies such as like gnome energy and fairy energy that can be pretty mischievous that can do that just to kind of get a rise in us and just to kind of annoy us and harass us a little bit. And those type of things, it's nice to be able to identify where it's coming from because in my opinion, there's different ways to deal with these energies depending on where it's coming coming from. Like for instance, I have a client that was having a lot of issues in her house. And when I looked at it, we found out that there were a bunch of gnomes living around her house. And I was told by spirit that gnomes like candy and that if we put some sweets and candy outside as kind of a compromise that they would leave her alone. And it actually worked. She puts candy out periodically for them when she feels like they're in her house and moving things around and kind of being mischievous. And that seems to work. But as with anything else, Not only are you the boss of your own energy, but you're the ruler of your own home. 
And you have the ability to insist that these beings that are doing this leave and that you're done with this and that you don't want to play this game. And oftentimes we forget that we can ask where this is coming from and that we have the strength to just say no and move them out. So I'm hoping that that answers that question. Jude, do you have anything that you want to add to this? You know what? No, actually, Patty, I don't really have a lot to say. I've not experienced that. I hear that this happens a lot to other people, that things disappear and reappear a lot. And it's just something that I've not really experienced in my personal life. I guess you know better than I for that one. I would just tell this listener to lay down the law that if you no longer want things to disappear and reappear, you just need to tell it to stop and use your power to set that intention really firmly. And thank you so much for giving us this question. It was a great one. All right. There's one other question here. If you're experiencing fear when a spirit is in your presence, does it put you in any danger when opening the communication? For me, fear is the pivotal place there. If at any time I feel fearful, I just send it away. I bring in my spirit guides. I bring in my ghosts of loved ones. And I use whatever tools I have handy and I just clear it away. Because if it's anything that makes you feel fearful, it's either a lower vibration that you are intuitively knowing that you don't want to entertain or open up conversation with, or it may be that you're just not ready to have that experience yet. It may be somebody that you love and care about that's crossed, but you're just not in a place where you're ready to be comfortable speaking with them. So at any time, if something feels uncomfortable or fearful, if in doubt, get it out. (laughs) Are we going to start some t-shirts here? (laughs) Out, get your tourmaline out. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I love that. No, um, I agree with you, Patty. Because at first I was like, oh, well, if you're fearful, maybe it's just because it's different or it's something that you're not really familiar with. So it feels fearful. Even if you try a new experience that's not dangerous for you, sometimes it can be fearful. But you're right. It's probably because you're just not ready. And um, doesn't mean it's always bad. I guess that's the point I want to say. Just because you feel a little bit of fear when you feel energy around you does not mean it's always bad. But it's better to just tell it to step back in the ways that Patty suggested. I agree. Thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate having you here. I'm Patty Davis, and my website is wingandether.com, and that's wing and ether, spelled A-E-T-H-E-R, or pdavispsychic.com. And my website is alignandshinekawaii.com, and kawaii is spelled K-A-U-A-I. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, aloha. Goodbye. Goodbye.